This podcast is sponsored by Australian Christian College, a network of schools committed to student wellbeing, character development and academic improvement. Welcome to the Inspiration Project, where well-known Christians share their stories to inspire young people in their faith and life. Here's your host, Brendan Corr. Well, welcome everybody to another edition of the Inspiration Project podcast. We hope that you're enjoying these conversations that we are bringing to you of significant Christians who've found success uh, in their different areas of of endeavor and uh, enterprise. I'm absolutely delighted to be able to bring a conversation with you today of somebody who is well known to Australians. Peter Cousins is an actor, singer, director, producer, teacher, all round uh, involved in the in the performing arts, uh, a graduate of NIDA, worked for many years in uh, television, on stage, a featured artist in the musical theatre particularly, and is becoming well known internationally, largely uh, associated with the most recent of his of his uh, Hollywood produced films, Freedom, that was done in conjunction with Cuba Gooding Jr. and William Sadler, Sharon Leal, released in two thousand and fourteen. Working, maybe finished by this stage, on a, a new Australian feature film, Where Is Daniel? And we'll be glad to talk with him about how that progresses. But Peter, can I thank you for giving us the time in what must be a really busy life uh, where you're manifesting all those diversity of talents and gifts that uh, I rattled off at the start of that introduction. Welcome and thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, Brendan, very much. Thanks for having me. Um, and in this in this particular time of... Uh, of COVID where we're sort of, um, uh, you know, strapped in our homes, so to speak. So there is, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually from a positive point of view, it's a great time to, to have these sorts of conversations, I think, and uh, reflect a little bit on, on what we're all up to. Indeed, it, it is an opportunity, isn't it, where, where the rest of life, however busy and demanding that might be, has sort of come to a, a sharp and sudden halt for many of us and the chance to reflect and to connect and to communicate. So we're very grateful for you giving us this opportunity to, to learn a bit about you. The scenario that I pictured, that I, that I painted in those descriptions earlier, Peter, you know, has you involved in so many different aspects of, of the creative arts world. Can I ask, when did you realise that you were destined for this particular f- dimension of human activity, that you, you were going to be in the arts? Is it something that came to you in a sudden flash of revelation or did you find your way falling into that? And when did you realise that this was the life for you? Uh, The revelation could be traced back to when I was 16 and standing on stage in Armidale uh, at the Armidale School and I remember looking out and into the sort of darkened auditorium or school hall it was and, and in the re- middle of a rehearsal and thinking this is the happiest I think I've ever felt. And that I think was, and that, that experience is, is very memorable and remains with me that in a very visceral sense. And I think that really was the sort of turning point for me, even though I didn't really articulate it for myself 
for some years after that mm. uh, in terms of, of making decisions and, and choosing pathways. It took me some time afterwards, but um, my life up until that point, I think when, you, when I look back on it, was, was logically going to arrive at that point, end of the triangle at that point in my life. So uh, Armidale School, were, were your family from rural Australia? Is that where you were born? Yeah, and I born raised? In, yeah, I was born in Tamworth and my parents were very much the mainstays of the musical theatre company there, society. So and it's as, a little bit. Yeah, as was my grandparents and my great-grandfather actually used to and grandmother used to um, Create and perf- and have performances in their ha- in their home back in sort of nineteen hundred and six and seven, with their their I think they had about four daughters and two sons. So, and they called themselves the the, the Lilliputians. Really? And they've got we've got sort of programs of this, you know. There. And if you go back one step further to my great great grandmother uh, and great great grandfather who arrived in Australia about eighteen thirty seven. Into, into Tasmania, then came to Sydney, and she started a school for girls where she taught singing and dancing and and basically sort of um, uh, the arts and was a singer herself. So I've sort of got this this lineage, which yeah. I've only just become aware of really in the last, well, just probably in the last 10 years really of having some detailed sort of understanding of that, that little passage. And there's a few, and dotted in that way, there are a couple of other... Um, it was an, her, one of her daughters became quite a well-known sort of singer in, in Sydney and seemed to do all the charity gigs around the place and looking up Trove and the early newspapers. You can see her appearing in these various corporate gigs. You know, she's obviously doing what I've done, which is often performing for charity or doing things, you know, in that sort of corporate world, um, trying to raise money or, you know, give some, hopefully to give some pleasure. But um and uh, her daughter then went off to Italy and became and married, I think, an opera singer there back in somewhere in the 1920s. But, yeah, so that's, I feel very much uh, that it's been a sort of DNA. Indeed, yeah. It's, it's, it's right, right part of your core, isn't it? And so mm. let me ask you that question is, is the things that, that you inherit from your, your family background and uh, your, your family of origin and your, your ancestry, are there attributes that you identify as sort of predisposing you to a successful life or at least interest in the arts? Are there qualities about your personality that you can see were well suited to, to this type of expression? I think um, uh, I sort of always had an emotional response to music. I, I, I find music sort of overwhelming um, and the experience of listening to music or singing as well. Even from a very young age, I recognised that there was something about music that, that transported me somewhere else um, and gave me feelings that, I, that, in, that in, in later years I, I defined or articulated for myself as being a sort of... Um, a larger view of the universe. I felt I felt a heightened sense of of who I was in the world because of those experiences, and continue to do so as well. So I think that was certainly it. I think I was, you know, also a show off. 
at times. <laughs> um, and and that, that, that's what you mean? Yeah. Well, you know, my parents were very much involved um, so often uh, in, in the theatre and I was t- taken and, and, and performed from a very young age, you know, on the stage in Tamworth. And, and although I must admit to being quite self-conscious and feeling very vulnerable, um, which also is an, an attribute which I think, strangely enough, is very much a part of, of, of a career in the arts, this sort of this slight vulnerability and, and self-consciousness, which, um, which also I think is an attribute of, of performers, is, was very much a part of my early life as well. And that was sort of strangely ironic because, you know, but they often say, you know, if you're a bit shy, go and do some drama classes and you'll, you know, you'll come out of yourself. Yeah. Well, there's some, there's some truth in that. Um, and um, is your and often a learned thing, Peter. Is is it is it something that you do have to project beyond yourself and become something when you're on stage or on film that's not really you? Um, that's a bit of a philosophical question, which has probably never been answered by the great acting teachers around the world, because there is there is a, a sense that you know one's one's authenticity and one's Sort of truthful being is is at the centre of 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 performances that will have an impact on other human beings yes. because of the humanity inherent in what you're doing, and that requires you to yes. be exposed, you know, your own vulnerabilities and your own authenticity. So, um, um, yes, I, I I think I I like to think that that uh, particularly over the last few years where I've really just as a performer, I haven't worked inside plays and musicals of constructed narratives. So I've able to, I've been able to sort of create my own narratives around the own, my own music and my own singing. So therefore, it very is is very much a version of myself that I project, um, or I like to think I do, even though I I do recognise because I do have some training and understanding, obviously that that it is a heightened version. Yeah, um, but it's still an expression of your true humanity yes and and what i'm hearing i think is that any any performance that is going to touch somebody in a way that speaks to their humanity has to be sourced in authentic humanity is that absolutely Uh, yeah and and i think you know when i go back to that story of the 16 year old boy who looks out and says to himself this is the happiest i have ever felt um Although that is a great motivator to begin that journey into the performing arts, what eventually the message really is, um, I have been blessed with this gift and my responsibility is to share and have an impact and try and uh, find a way to um, improve through music or through storytelling, whatever it might be, any sort of form of art, to at least have an impact so to to um, invite people to feel yeah. um, something, to yeah. have some sort of response. And that societally that becomes then a much more purposeful and meaningful yeah. um, act other than just making yourself feel good. It is this feel-good gene mm. that's made music what it is today. It's not actually the ability of performers it's the desire for other human beings who want to be who want to feel good, and mm. and music is one of those things that makes that makes people feel mm. and feel good. Yeah, I, 
I want to come back to that question about feeling good and feeling. What's the difference between those? And is there a place for for that difference to be respected? But let me pursue this a little bit. You, you, I was struck by that description that you said of that 16-year-old boy, this is the happiest that I've been. And I was interested to know what your reflections, what your insights might have been about what made that the happiest moment. But I think you're sort of touching on that in your comments that it's, it, it wasn't, it was something about your, you were able to be who you were in a way that was in service of something bigger than yourself. Is that sort of where you were heading with your Yeah. Life? Yes, absolutely. And, and at the time, I, I wasn't able to articulate that. It was just a feeling and that's how I, I interpreted it as, as this sense of um, my own wonderment in action, if you like, or, mm. and my own um, uh, in, inherent joy that, that came from that. Um, and it's taken me, it, it took me a while to, 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 to really discover or go beyond, and I wish I'd known earlier in my training that the, 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 the purposefulness or the meaning, the meaningfulness of what I do as a performer is not bound up with my own ego and my own arrogance or my own um, self-gratification, mm. that it is, it is a service. And but if I'd known that earlier, I think, um, um, well, who knows, but I wish I had known it very early on mm. because it, it does change it makes things a little bit um, happier, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because because happiness is not about the, the feeling good. It's it's really about meaningful action and and, and meaningful purpose. Yeah, and that's that to me is the key to happiness. I think this yeah. pursuit of happiness is is not well. It's just the wrong word. You know, we are. It's the one wrong de- definition of actually what is satisfying about life. Yeah, you're talking with a clear sense of uh, decidedness about what's important to you, how you understand happiness, that it depends on something bigger than yourself, not just self-expression or self-fulfillment. That's touching on the areas of the implications of, of faith, the place of faith in life and what it brings. Can you tell us a bit about what role faith has in your life now and how you came to that position? Well, I might, <laughs> I might start from the end of that question because uh, okay. as that 16-year-old boy uh, way back then, I, um, I was living, I was in a boarding school, an all-boys boarding school obviously, and um, it was a pretty tough school. But, you know, I was, I was at, at, in the school chapel twice a day, seven days a week. That was our routine that we would be, um, it was an Anglican school and that was the routine um and that lasted really for at least the first four years of my my school life from the age of 13 up there in high school so there was this 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 ritualistic behavior that was centered around um uh worship um and you know as a kid you really just it was just the rituals which were interesting and i was also in the choir so i sang quite a lot and I got involved a few times with, and some of us as boys at 16, we were, you know, adolescent and exploring stuff. And there was a, our, our minister there was, was, was a new sort of minister. He wasn't of the old guard and we'd had the old guard there who was just sort of um, very much um, 
your mumbling sort of Anglican mm. minister delivering mm. sermons, whereas this guy was much more involved. And so we we started to have communion and things in in his uh, in in very private situations and very kind of spiritual. Mm. It was all it was all fine. And then, um, but I was you know my that faith was very much a part of what we did. I didn't think about it much, mm. but it was part of the ritual, part of the heightened experience that you'd have. Sometimes it was, you know, it, it didn't touch you at all, but other times it did. Um, and, I, and particularly for me, it was through the music and I sang a lot. Uh, was I was that classical church music that you were? Yeah, I drew a true boy soprano. So I did a lot of that um, uh, sort of singing and, um, and, and it was, and it was beautiful. And, but, and again, I found thrilling, but, but it didn't, it didn't mean, other than the fact that as a young kid, I just found it thrilling. It's only as I look back. So, so really that, um, that understanding of faith from a, from a sort of um, a practical, pragmatic, ritualistic point of view um, was very much a part of that life. And then I, and, and, I became the senior prefect at the school and I, I was endlessly reading Corinthians 13. Yeah. That particular Personally chapter. or on behalf of the school? That, that on behalf of the school, yeah. And, 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 well, personally many years later, but, but you know, that, that, that particular passage became very much a part of that whole idea of faith, hope mm. and love or faith, mm. hope and charity. So, um, you know, that, 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 that was sort of, you know, became a, again in sort of imposed in my on my psyche, mm. and really then I then my faith really really didn't 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 uh, uh, sort of bubble up to the surface, if you like, in 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 uh, in in any way much until in the, the middle nineties when I was doing a musical called Miss Saigon, and I was surrounded by a lot of um, Filipino. Yes, performers very Catholic and very very um, uh, religious, and we we found that the I found that the atmosphere and the the whole world of that particular show, and I'd been in a lot of shows, um, was incredibly meaningful to them because they were living the life of this sense of hope and optimism for the American dream. Um, they were crumbing for, came from very poor backgrounds and were sending their money back to the families and we were praying. So we were living a very meaningful show. It was coupled with the Vietnam War yes. combination mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it was so, you know, I became very much aware of the fact that I still had these heightened feelings of, of belief. And also you know, as a singer and I'd sung in Les some beautiful shows like Les Miserables with great meaning, Victor Hugo, yeah. Um, you know, uh, fan of the opera to us, you know, was heightened sort of stuff. Um, West Side Story and now Miss Saigon. Um, these these shows were big, grand, heightened events that mm -hmm. that I responded to because musically I found um, that the, the again the thrill of doing it still still kind of was pretty robust inside my my um, the way I performed and behaved and and. And kind of, um, you know, experienced what I was doing, uh, and then I expect the if we, if we want to get to the sort of pointy end of the triangle for me, um, I I disappeared to London and 
and played the Phantom for for a year over there, then came back to Australia and and really kind of at the age I was about forty odd, and I I, I sort of fell into a very dark period of a very little work. Mm. I felt I'd achieved enormous amounts, and I was being I was sort of I felt ignored by by the profession here in Australia, the industry. So I struggled a lot. I had three kids, and I struggled with a whole lot of a whole lot of forces. Mm. Um, as you can imagine, you know, it, uh, the sort of crisis of 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 aging, change, young family, the pressures of all that sort of stuff. So, I, um, but. You know, my father had died when I was 20 my, on the day of my sister's wedding. Oh my. my mother had sort of kept that from us while the wedding went on. He, he, he wasn't in the same city but, but he'd had a stroke a sort of week before. And my mother and that experience and, and my mother's life, which for the next 30 years she lived and worked and ran a very successful business in Yamba at that stage, um, was, a, was a sort of... A, a personified optimism and resilience. Mm. You know, she, 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 she sort of, she, that was her life. She was enormously optimistic and, and had great resilience. And so that, that for me was, was sort of part of my uh, DNA as well. And so I decided to start a musical theatre company called Kookaburra uh, because Although I was pretty pretty down, I felt that I had to do something about my own, not only my own um, situation, but, but the situation of many people of of my era and my time, and and just the theatre. We you know we're always needing opportunities. So I began uh, this this company, and I in that in that process, I met I met someone who has come to mean a huge amount to me, and he supported what I was doing to the tune of 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 um, large amounts of money to help me. I raised about two and a half, two and a half million dollars wow. to start this company. Um, I, you know, I, I had a good story. It was a good pitch. <laughs> I had my little laptop and around I went. So, um, and some credentials behind you to, well, it's some credentials. Yeah. 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 But you know, I made, I made a lot of mistakes and I, and, and a lot of it was bound up with, with, I expect still this sort of arrogance and self-belief that was maybe a little bit beyond reality. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and my, when I reflect on that, I, you know, these mistakes um, ended, up, end, ended up failing the company and, and me. And, you know, my, although my, you know, my, my family who, who have, never, have never ever ever doubted me and we my wife is the most you know wonderful partner um we did lose everything we lost we oh. lost house oh. and um we lost yeah the whole everything so um but and you, you know you, you, it was a it was a big fall from grace um in many ways and there was a lot of bad publicity about it and a lot of the industry was very um uh Felt very bad about about what I was trying to do, um, and this this caused a lot of angst. And I got to the stage where I said, "This this supporter said to me, look, I'm, uh, he st- before it actually happened, he said to me, you are going to lose everything. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose all of this.' He said, "I've got a little house next door to me." 
um, if when it happens, not if, when it happens, give us a ring. So, like three or four months later, um, I said, look, I've got three kids and I've got my wife, you know, I'm, I'm throwing myself help. on you. Yes, help, please. And, of course, he did. He just gave us the keys. He opened the house and um, we, um, we lived there for four years. Goodness. Rent-free. Um, and, and, and in that, in, in that four years, I really, through him and with him, sort of was able to articulate my faith and share his faith. He was, he was a much more open Christian person than I was. He was, mm-hmm. he was, um, and a wonderful leader. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've, we're, we're, we are very good friends and have become close friends, but I think <laughs> if I look back, I think I was, I was a little bit of a, um, I was, I was, I became his student in a way, and I think I be, became a, a little bit of a, a cause for him, yeah, yeah. anyway, to, to, to extract what he saw inside of me. He saw mm. something in me, and he was, he obviously, he, and he loved the way I sang and performed all that side of things. But he also saw something else in me, which mm. um, I realise now is is this ability um, to 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 share through music and, and through message, through, through words and music, you know, um, an impact, have an impact on people's lives. And that was really the first, that's how it sort of started to mean something so much more to me than just the feel-good side of things. Yeah. So anyway, this faith, and then, and then I made a film, which he, again, kind of, um, he backed and he actually, you know, uh, gave me the opportunity to be involved in it Anyway, and it's a very long story, but I eventually became the director of this film because of a series of unfortunate events in America. And this was a beautiful film about escape, uh, slaves escaping from Virginia and, and finding freedom in, in Canada yes. with the Underground Railroad. And it's a lot of gospel songs in it and a lot of bluegrass and a lot of, um, and and also, you know, I, I had mixed with a lot of, wonderful African-American um, actors and, and people and crew. And I basically had never directed a film and all I did was to say, look, this is my first time, you know, here are the, co- you know, you're the cogs in the wheel, you know, much more, much more than I do. But what I, I did have the ability to make decisions and so I was very clear about and I also very, was very clear about what the vision of the film was. So those two things really combined and that's really all, all the director needs to do is to be able to have a vision and also make decisions based on what what the contribution other uh, uh, contributions other people are being made. Anyway, I lived in a hotel for ninety nine days in in Connecticut, <laughs> and, and in that time, um, I was surrounded by these extraordinary people, and I'd come from basically this sort of disastrous mess and failure that I had, I believe that I had sort of nearly single-handedly created. It wasn't quite, it was the GFC that I ran into as well. But I do feel greatly responsible for my, for my own downfall and for some pain, I think, which I caused other people, including to a certain extent my, my, my family, not so much my children who were young enough not to really know what was going on, but my, my, my wife. But, but um, from that point, I, I, I was suddenly now in this 
I had Cuba Gooding Jr. in the next room. I had all these extraordinary people serving what I was, my vision, what I was doing. And I was just so humbled, humbled by the situation and so grateful. And this this sense of gratitude became so overwhelming Mm. uh, that that one night I actually, I, I, I heard this voice calling to me to, to, to pray. Wow. And I, I could not help myself. I, I got out, up out of bed and like a, a child, I knelt at the bed, at the end of the bed and put my hands up and, and, and prayed. You know, with with enormous gratitude for the for the journey that I realised I was on. Yes. You know, and and where I where I'd got to, and and how I'd got to. You know, from this dear 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 friend, um, who had just you know lit 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 relit the flame, I expect that or the spark and and. Um, and also, you know, this extraordinary support of my wife. I, I spent nearly nearly a year off and on away from home. I mean, she was still living in that house next door to to the friend, and um, and so that that experience. And then it happened to me again. I we uh, this friend who was also helping with the, with with the film. We and we went to church at the Bel Air. Church in Presbyterian Church in um, in Bel Air in Los Angeles, and uh, there's this church overlooking looking the, um, the all of, of of LA. And I remember I got half through halfway through the service, and I just wept. <laughs> just just all this stuff came out of me, and um, and you know the presence that I felt. Is is was was monumental and overwhelming, and you know, as you can see, it sort of has remained with me. Yes, indeed. But it, it's a beautiful thing to hear you you speak and tell that story, and to capture a sense of the faith that you've been led into, drawn into, absorbed into, as you sort of describe it. That is more than just propositional truth, more than just creeds. And in statements, it's an overwhelming encounter with a personality, with a with a being that you have come in contact to that has drawn something deeply, deeply from you. It's that notion of of faith being both the declaration of truth, but the experience of intimacy. You draw those things together, or is that is that part of your I guess what I'm asking is, is that something that you think is right for everybody or is it your personal makeup that is allowed for the depth of that encounter? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I possibly that, that, that it is, you know, we're all on our own journeys, I expect, and everyone's experience of this is can be so different and is, is so very different. And when I look back through many years of, of my life on earth, I can see it. I can see a pathway. I can see a journey. I can see signposts along the way. Mm. Um, I can see reasons why I am and have become and experience a lot of this, you know. 
and and I was I was thinking today about you know faith and hope and, and charity and and you know it's interesting that, that the idea of faith and hope because hope always implies doubt for mm. me. You have hope because you're doubtful about about yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You hope yeah. stuff, you know, is going to happen. And I find that very, very. Um, I think that's I think that's tied up with mercy and redemption, and that and that the fact that there are doubts. We have doubts um, that that keep us. And because absolutism, I find really tricky. And I think the world is filled with people at the moment who are who are how, who believes so strongly that they're right that there is no room for anyone to say well hold on a minute actually you know um it may not be correct what you're saying and maybe that they aren't the only facts or maybe people feel differently or are different than than what you're trying to suggest they should be so there you know so can i I, I do see a connection between and um, i um, is my experience my own well it is because i expect i've got a combination of of experiences that uh, that are that are particular to me and and i don't know whether any you know and, and yet it seems to go back to the conversation we started about where the arts are touching the very essence of humanness there there's something about that authentic human experience that makes a good story that makes a impact you described it i think uh earlier in our conversation and it, it seems to me that while your story might be particularly intense it's in essence a true experience of the complexity of our of our humanity we, we have thoughts and doubts and feelings and aspirations and hopes and self-identity and and all of the things that are part of the story you've shared can I ask you, I, I was interested to know that moment when you were overwhelmed with gratitude. You spoke about kneeling by beside your bed and overwhelming sense of thankfulness. It, it must have partly been because of the hardship that had gone through, because of the disappointment. Would you, would you now choose not to have, have that, those hard years and that loss? and miss out on the moment of gratitude or in some way was it worth it? Oh, look, I, I, don't, ha- I don't really have any regrets um, about, the, the, you know, failing because, <laughs> uh, yes, they all, they all add up, don't they? And you can see, you can see the connections. And, and, I, and I wouldn't have had that experience of, I expect, you know, God working through uh, my friend, yes. you know, who 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 was who I think was channeling that that mm. that to mm. he was he was giving me a gift mm. and continues to do so. Mm. You know, we have we were, we were discussing Matthew a chat. I think Matthew twenty one or something <laughs> the other day, <laughs> just out of the blue, you know, and um, you know, so these. This I wouldn't have, you know. They all seem to to have been leading to something, and I'm probably leading towards death. Peter, we're drawing our time to a close, but I wanted to finish by asking. You said earlier in our conversation that you felt somehow God had given you a gift to be able to craft story or to shape the expression of of story or song or drama to have an impact. What's the impact that you would 
want to be having for people that are exposed to the direction or the performance that you'd bring? Uh, I, want them, I want them initially to feel mm. something. Mm. I want them to feel, in other words, to be, to be moved either to laughter or to thought or to, or to even, so, even sorrow. I want to, and I think there is, there is something healing in all of that, um, and also just um, any, any um, semblance of the kind of experiences I have with music because I find it such a heightened experience that if I can share that and, and have other people experience that as well, then, then their lives, I hope, would, would, be, um, would be heightened and, and given some and some some meaning, and I have you know I do have those sorts of relationships with members of audience who even you know years and years later still rem- still remind me of an experience they had in mm. the audience mm. that was that was um, transcended what I was doing and what they were doing that something else was happening that 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 has affected their lives since. Mm. And change their lives, change yeah. the way they think about things, or the way you know. And that can be that can be um, a huge experience like that, or it could be momentary when people's well-being is just made to feel at rest. Yes. And maybe they'll, they'll speak a little bit differently to the people they love around them. And my whole being is changed. Yeah, your perspective and, on you know, life, on people, on circumstances. Yeah, and you don't know what's going on in people's lives. And, you know, some of the most unlikely people, you know, impressions of people why, you know, one, one should never judge, you know, are just can be just so astounding with their, their own, obviously, experiences of life, but then how you in your own little way are, are somehow having an impact on them in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I deal with a lot of 17, 18-year-old singer-songwriters and performers and and the and the and the the development of their abilities and their talent and their view of the world and their artistry and their music are all tied up in one and their values and who they are as people and who they are as musicians and singers as to go back to your comment about authenticity and do you take yourself with you onto onto mm-hmm. that performance well that's that's the key message i think to because if not, it becomes a um, a clanging symbol and a yeah. or tinkling symbol and a and a, and a, and a, a what's the name brass, doesn't it? Whatever that can't remember. The name. It's it's still there with you, Peter. That service so, of, uh, chief prefect still resides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 I think um, that's I think the thing uh, for me, and that's where. After all these years where my faith kind of sits, it sits inside yeah. that, that heightened experience of, yeah. of, of music and story and, and also the, the impact of, of, of influence yes. from another yeah. person. And I think because my experience has been the influence of, of a number of people and particular people like my friend who I've just described, and there have been others over the years. So yeah. in many ways my um, my raison d'etre now is to have that sort of influence on other people yeah. and I'm kind of driven to have that influence on young, particularly young musicians because I, 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 I relate very easily with 
with that world. So to me, it's about sharing what I know about music, but also what I know about the world. Wonderful. And feel about that's Wonderful. Peter, as, as we draw to a close, I, I, you're a you know, widely celebrated uh, performer, uh, successful in so many ways that could be identified and defined, but it's been just so beautiful to hear uh, the heart that you've laid bare in our conversation today. And I've, I've been struck by how frequently in your communication you, you talk about heightened and elevated and, and expansive and upward in that notion. And I think that's the impact for good that you are able to bring to people that whether it's joyful, whether it's entertaining or whether it's moving to sorrow, it's this pointing that there is more. There's something bigger beyond that we can enjoy or aspire to. And I'm so glad that you continue to find yourself being drawn into that new space and that, that new experience of, of God and faith and ministry in the, the way that you're using your gifts. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Brendan. I mean, uh, just, just my one last comment, I, one thing that has stayed with me, if I think for well, at least for the last 25 years is, or 30 years is uh, Victor Hugo, a quote from Victor Hugo who says, you know, we, he's talking about children, but he's, he's saying we must lift them to the light. Yes, yes. That's such a beautiful image, isn't it? And, and you're right. I, the, the great um, shows that you were describing earlier, you know, whether they're the classic operas or the Phantom of the Opera or Miss Saigon, they, they have that element in them, isn't it? There is, there is an honouring and, a, and a, a joyfulness that, that we can lift people around us to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for all the times you've done that for us and may there be many, many more. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I've, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Thank you.